whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. There he is. There he is. Oh, there he is again. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Let me turn up my volume so I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all going wrong. I've got the wrong <laughs> speakers on. It's all going pear-shaped. <laughs> Give us a sec. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you are. Check one, two, one, two. Mic check, mic check. One, two. There you are. You got the biggest microphone ever in front of you. I know. I know. I have to. I have to. They told me I needed to record it. So I thought, well, you know, I might as well get the big mic out. (laughs) No, I'm recording us. So I'm working. Uh Yeah. Well, they wanted us to. They wanted me to record the audio as well. My audio. Which I'll right. send to you afterwards, yeah? Yeah, beautiful. You know, uh, it's double the thing, but it's good. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we cannot mess this up. <laughs> Check this out, right? Look look behind me on the screen of my Harley, look. Yeah. The thing I want. It's a thunder <laughs> tune. <laughs> somebody, uh, somebody said it to me. We've been on one of those uh, Canadian um, charity rides, you know, riding Harleys about. Yeah. Just having a good laugh and, you know, raising money for kids. And uh, they sent me uh, this picture afterwards. He said, this was me today. This came up on random on my bikes, my my iPhone player, which was hooked up to my bike. I loved it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's badass. It is. Very, very bad bottom, indeed. So what was it like for you to to cruise on a Harley in Canada on the left side of the street? Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, every now and again, I forget and, you know, nearly cause an accident. But most of the time, it's fantastic. We've been doing it for years, maybe 10 years we've been going there. Is it West Coast or East Coast? We go everywhere. We've been oh. uh, we've been to pretty much every one of the Rocky Mountain states in America. And we worked our way um, across most of Canada. Yeah, we've been oh, all nice. over the place. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So how are you guys holding up in yeah, general? We're right. Yeah, we're all right. I mean, you know, our album's out finally. Yeah, we, we finished it over a year ago, yeah. and then lockdown happened. So we were in that situation where we couldn't uh, release the record. We knew we couldn't release the record, yeah. so we had to um, basically sit on it, and we couldn't play it to anyone, which yeah. was awful. You know, yeah. to not be able to play the record. You're so pleased with the record. You know, the normal thing you do is to play it to people and say, "What do you think of this?" You know, you're hoping for compliments. You know, yeah. tell me I'm great. <laughs> tell me I'm great. But of course. <laughs> You get nothing. So, you know, it was hard, very strange. Weirdly, I started running again last summer, just mm-hmm. out of boredom, being locked down. And I thought, well, I'll listen to the album. So I've got it in my AirPods, you know, and I'm running along listening to the record. And at first, I would listen to the record in exactly the same way as I would normally listen to the record. Because mm-hmm. as the singer, I spend all my time thinking, could have done that better that bit's not as good as it should be. And I do that all the time. I pick all my performances to pieces. Uh-huh. But after a while of running and listening and running and listening, that all just went away. And now when I hear the record, it's like I bought the album. It's like it's someone else singing it. It's really <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I don't mind. You know, it's quite good. 
It is a good record, but I expected none less than a good record and a brilliant record of Thunder. I oh, mean, I'm glad you told me this now. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> I'd have had a lot of pressure. <laughs> you tried it everywhere. It's uh, it's already a success record, you know. Yeah, I think it's done really nothing... well. It's done really, really well. Yeah, we just we just hit number one on the video thing in on, on one of these big charts in Japan. Nice. And, um, I have absolutely no idea how that happened. None at all. Don't ask me. But it's beautiful. Was was the time now that the record is coming out? Was that uh, something you you had to negotiate? Would the record company put it on hold even longer, or would you go like, no, it has to be out now or never? Well, I mean. We had some shows that were lined up to go out two months after the album. Yeah. And we knew we couldn't play those shows. Yeah. We knew we couldn't finish the artwork. We couldn't shoot the cover. We couldn't shoot the band pictures. So we yeah. knew we had to delay everything. So having decided to delay it, we had to then decide how long to delay it by. And we had absolutely no idea. No one knows, you know, no one's has a crystal ball that knows when this yeah. current situation is going to be better. So we made the decision to delay the album to March and to delay the arena shows in the UK to May. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that once you press go on the album, then the whole wheels of the industry start to kick in. You know, yeah. you've got to get stuff done by set dates and you can't stop it. It's like a big oil tanker, you know, yeah, it yeah. takes forever to turn it around. So even though we couldn't do the shows because the pandemic was still going on, we knew we couldn't stop the album. So we thought, well, you know, you can't fight what you can't beat. You know? no. So let's just stick with the album in March And then we'll put the shows back again. And the shows went back to May next year now. So, yeah. you know, the album will, will come and gone. He's already written a song for the new album already. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Yeah, a couple of months we'll be in the studio making another album. <laughs> we will. It's going to be even better than this one. No, we cannot be. All right, now this is an excellent record, but you pretty much wrote it before everything happened, right? Yeah. It, it's still, It's still, you know, some of the content is still... It still holds true and is valid for the pandemic as well. Amazingly, the last one to turn off the lights and everything. Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, some of these songs, um, I mean, he writes about what's in his mind, you know, what's on, what's bothering him. Yeah. And clearly, when he wrote this album, there was a lot of stuff going on that he hated. He was a very unhappy man, you know. Yeah. And Brexit, you know, making him unhappy. Donald Trump making him unhappy. Popular. Yeah making him unhappy, immigration problems in the UK, making him unhappy. So he writes about all these subjects. And so we end up with loads of social commentary on the album. Yeah. And then when you fast forward to when the album comes out, we're in the grip of a pandemic and a whole bunch of people say, wow, how could you write a song about a pandemic and record <laughs> it in time? And you think, no, we didn't. You know, if you actually listen to, if you listen to the song and look at the lyrics, It's about other things, but they look at it through the pandemic glasses, yeah, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's and it kind of holds up. I don't know why. It seems to be very, um, very suitable for the kind of way that people are feeling. You yeah. know, I have told him he needs to take some happy tablets, but, you know, happy <laughs> pills, 
before he makes the next album. We need a happier record. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, you know, maybe there's hope on the horizon now. With I think you guys in in Britain, you're getting, um, you, you had a head start with the vaccination and everything. I think uh, somehow, and I don't know how, yeah. somehow our government have managed to do something well. Yeah. It's a shock. It's a shock <laughs> to the whole world. <laughs> But they did something well. And yeah, and a lot of people are being vaccinated and the signs are very good that people are being protected as a result. And, um, you know, so, but it doesn't really matter, you know, how well you do in any one country until the world is vaccinated. Nobody's safe. Not really. So we just have to do everything we can to make sure that everybody in the world is vaccinated as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, sounds about right. Um, there's a, There's some songs on the record that we need to talk about, and I don't know how do you, how you meet those people, but you know, uh, I don't know a millionaires, but yeah. do you? Yeah, I've met a few over the years, my friend. <laughs> Tell and me about it. Their lives are very different to ours. <laughs> <laughs> they have different concerns, you know. They have different concerns. The story goes with that particular song that in the, um, I think it was in the early 80s when Luke was a starving wannabe rock star. He was in a hotel bar waiting for someone who was going to buy him dinner because he didn't have any money. Right. And he overheard a conversation between two very rich young ladies and the things that they were talking about made his head spin. It, you know, they're talking about their trust funds and how their daddy won't get by them, uh, you know, a Porsche, you know, and their daddy won't do this and their mummy won't do this. And, you know, and their boyfriend plays polo and, you know, all of these things that are obviously very difficult when you're very, very rich and in, and privileged. But, you know, <laughs> Luke's head was spinning because, you know, he, he wondered where he was going to get his bus fare home. So, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, same. Different people. I mean, you know, I think it's very important to be poor. I remember I met someone once a long time ago. She was very rich, but she thought she was a socialist. And I was painting her house and trying to earn some money. And yeah. she, bought, she bought me a cup of coffee and she said, uh, my son has had a nervous breakdown. I said, oh, that's terrible. And she said, yeah, it's terrible. I think I blame the pressure of school. And the expectation for examinations and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I said, yeah. So I said, that's a terrible thing. I do feel very sorry for your son. And she said, yeah. She said, have you ever had a nervous breakdown? And I said, no. And she said, do you know why? I said, oh, yes, I do know why. And she said, why? I said, I'm too poor to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I have to work. <laughs> What did she say? What did she answer? She didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> She kind of looked puzzled and left the room. No idea what I was talking about. It's <laughs> amazing. Uh, when you guys write a Thunder record, I mean, probably Luke does most of the stuff and, and a lot of the stuff, pretty much. But uh, how do you how do you feel how do you fit in in the whole process, Danny? I mean, you go like, no, I don't like this 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 uh, this song line. We're gonna change the tune or do you know? It's very little that I change. You know, you have to remember, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Luke and I, later on this year, we're going to release a book. 
that we that we um, co-wrote with a guy last year. Um, and the title of the book is Daniel Luke, The First 50 Years. <laughs> it's true. In yeah. September of 2021, it will be 50 years since we met. And we've been in a band together as of December this year for 46 years, which is frightening and terrifying. <laughs> But true, nonetheless. Yeah. And the problem is that when you've been, or not a problem, but when you've been together for as long as we have, he's written hundreds of songs, and mm. I've sung all, almost all of them. Yeah. And so he knows how I'm going to sing them, and I know how he wants me to sing them, because when he sends me the demo, it's him singing it. Yeah. And luckily for me, Otherwise, I would be out of a job. <laughs> Luke sounds a bit like when he's trying to sing Thunder songs, yeah. he sounds a bit like he's been strangled whilst being thrown down the stairs. <laughs> at the same I hope time. they're going re to release all of those versions. <laughs> Never. Not while he's alive. <laughs> and but, but, but know, I, know what he, I know what he means. I know what he means when, yeah. he, when he sings the songs. I interpret the songs. And to be honest... You know, we've been through so much together. I know what he wants to get at. You know, there are very few things we disagree on. Uh, and, we, and you know, I know the sentiment. You know, he's upset about Brexit. So am I. You know, yeah. he thinks Donald Trump is a maniac. So do I. You know, yeah. we share a lot of opinions about stuff. We're not the same. We're completely different people. But we do share a lot of opinions. Um, we spend a lot of time cooped up. You know, it's, it's inevitable that our kind of opinions will rub off on each other. So we don't really have those moments where I say, no, 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 I don't like that line or I don't like this. Sometimes I'll change things. Sometimes he thinks it's better. Sometimes he wants me to stick with the original thing that he did. Yeah. Um, and if I really hate the song, I just yeah. sing it really badly. <laughs> so because that, you know, I understand the mechanisms that you guys work with, but... There, you know, there there must be a point where he comes up with a song where you go like, no, I don't, I don't like that at all. Well, you, it doesn't you, happen. You kind of like every song of him. It doesn't happen every time. Um, it doesn't yeah. happen every time. I don't like every song, but yeah. if there's one I really don't like, then I either point blank refuse <laughs> to sing it, yeah. or he says, no, just give it a go. Give it a go. It might be okay, you know. And so I just sing it really badly. I cannot imagine you singing anything badly. Oh, yeah, I can do it. Uh, trust me. Yeah. If I really want to. <laughs> Have you had any, ever, ever, any problems with your voice? Because yeah, every time, time, really? All the time. Yeah, absolutely. When I first started singing, I've never had a singing lesson. I had one singing lesson that lasted 20 minutes of the hour that I was supposed to be there. After 20 minutes, the lady, she, she played the piano and she said, sing this. So I sang it. And she said, yeah. okay. She played the piano again and she said, sing that. So I sang that. This went on for 20 minutes. At the end of the 20 minutes, she gave me my money back and said, I can't help you. And when I left there, I couldn't make up my mind whether she thought I was great or whether <laughs> she thought I was terrible. <laughs> It's the truth. And, I, and I've never had a singing lesson since. But what I have done is I've had to work very, very hard 
to control my excitement because mm. I'm either blessed or cursed with the ability to sing probably four times louder than I should. I'm not a very big man, but I make a lot of noise. <laughs> and as a result, if I'm if the conditions are such that I get too excited or the band are too loud on stage and I can't really hear what I'm singing through the monitors, yeah. very easy for me to overcook it, sing too loud. Next day, I wake up on the bus, my eyes open, and I think, first thing I think is, I'm still alive. Second thing I think is, how am I going to do that again tonight? Okay. okay. And it's in here, it's very hard, harder than, than the physical. Yeah. The mental side of it is very hard. And I've made no secret of it. I find it really hard to do it night after night on tour. But I do somehow because when I was a kid, I used to go and see bands play. And if the singer didn't hit all the notes, I went home, felt like I'd been cheated. I went yeah. my mind back. Yeah. Hated it. And every time I sing, I feel like I'm a kid in the audience watching myself and I have to hit the note or die trying to hit the note. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I feel like the kid in the audience is going to be disappointed and will feel cheated and will want his money back. And I can't do anything about that. I've tried and tried and tried, but I cannot. I'm pathologically driven to hit every note even if it kills me, even if the next day I can't sing, I have to find a way. From the moment I wake up in the morning until the moment I do the show, all I'm thinking about is working my way through my voice, trying to get it going again so I can sing again. It's torture. But it's, yeah. it is, it's torture. But the reward comes at the end of the day when you've done the gig and everybody's screaming and shouting and clapping and, and you can see the glee and the joy in their eyes. You know, you think it was worth it. Yeah. It's amazing because you probably nowadays are one of the, the just few that wouldn't, you know, there's there's so much technical help nowadays, even for singers to be on stage and sound good and not having to do anything with it. You know, it's not your own effort anymore. And uh, I think for the audience, it's getting harder and harder to find out and really to realize who's really singing and who's not singing anymore. Yeah, but I, I wonder. Yeah. I really wonder how many of them actually care. Yeah. I, I do, I, I do wonder. I, I, think it's important. I think it's important to musicians. Musicians really want to know. You know, they go and see a band play, they, they're checking them out. You know, they're the competition, they're learning. You know, or they're going away feeling very superior because they know they're better than the guy they just watched. But I think from an audience point of view, they spend their money. And I think they're looking for an evening. You know, they want to go mm. home happy. I don't necessarily think they need to know, not all of them anyway, need to know that the guy sang every note. Yeah. Otherwise, loads of bands wouldn't get by, would they? <laughs> not at all <laughs> to be honest <laughs> it's just amazing uh, was all the right noises do you do you ever had problems or did, does Luke ever have problems in 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 writing a record 
in coming up with songs? Does he ever have a writing block? Because it seems like, you know, with, with all the records you are already done and, and everything you have up here, it seems like the easiest thing in the world to do to write a good record. I don't know about that. I'm, I mean, I'm the wrong guy to talk to about the writing because obviously he writes the songs. You know, he presents the songs to us done. Any, any sort of self-torture or, or, or whipping that goes on happens in Luke's place, you know, between him and himself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I do know that he takes a very um, professional approach to it. I do know that he he makes a decision to go to work. You know, he gets up in the morning, he has his breakfast, he gets his cup of coffee, he goes into his studio and he goes to work, you know, mm -hmm. and he will leave there at maybe five o'clock, he'll shut the door and then the next day does it again. He doesn't do it every day, but he has periods of time where he says, now I'm going to write songs. And that's mm -hmm. what he does, you know. Um, I don't think anything's wasted also when you're a songwriter. I think you come up with ideas. Some days they're good ideas. The next day they're not such a good idea, but they're not wasted. You save yeah. them. And maybe you come back later on and you see it and you think, aha, I know what's wrong with that now. I know how to fix that and turn that into something. And like they say, Millionaire S was an idea scribbled down from the 80s. You know? Yeah. And a song on the album called Going to Sin City is written yeah. specifically about the time when he and I first went to America to watch all the hair bands, you know. And, you know, we found it absolutely amazing. You know, the girls had no clothes on. The boys looked prettier than the girls. They had better makeup, better hair, you know. And we just, we, we thought we were pretty, pretty cool dudes in London. But when we got to this place, we looked around and thought, wow, we look like we've come to fix the plumbing. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was very strange, you know, but the energy or the glamour or the excitement, you know, we took that away. We took that back to London. And then out, out of that, we decided to, to kill off our previous band and start again with this band. And this band was born out of that trip, really. Yeah, so it was a very kind of big trip. The fact that we got robbed and nearly killed and crashed the car, um, all of these things are kind of incidental. You know, they don't really mean very much. Not now. They did at the time. It was a very big deal at the time. You know, mm -hmm. almost getting arrested by a policeman with a gun in the middle of the night is not really what you want to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> but we it's won't true. go there. But it's it's funny that you would think of those incidents now. They could have been on a record 10 years ago. Sure. I don't know why. All right. I don't, I don't, I don't know why he uh, he chose to put them down at this moment. I've got no idea. I don't know where the inspiration comes from. I'm, and I've always been in awe of his abilities. The mm. fact that he can, after so many years and so many songs, deliver me a tune that surprises me um, and shocks me and makes me want to jump up and down and sing it. That's an amazing thing to me. With hundreds of songs, you know. Yeah. Some he'll play me a song on a demo, and sometimes I'll hear it and think, mm, I've heard this one. You know, I don't get excited about it. You know, and then we'll have a kind of our internal band A and R meeting where the five of us will sit in a room and then we'll mm. listen to all the songs one by one. At the end of each song, we stop the song and say, Okay, what do we think? 
and then we'll basically pull the song to pieces, you know. Um, but Luke's really good at listening to that. He's also really good at being objective about his own work. And I mm. don't know how he does that because I don't think I could. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Very clever. He's very, very clever man. Don't tell him I told you. You'll want more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when you when you uh, wrote or when he wrote uh, the last one, last one out to turn off the lights, has your your point of view and your perspective about the Brexit has it changed since then? No, God no, 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 no. Because I, I don't even know what's going on in England right now with the situation, you know, with the Brexit situation. Well, I think the government are trying to tell everybody that it was a good idea. Um, yeah because they have no choice. Um, they've struck a deal with the EU, which is quite disastrous for our country. There are people in this country who are in business who cannot sell to European customers anymore yeah. because the paperwork is too complicated. Um, and when the customer receives the stuff that they bought from the UK, they're hit with very big taxes, import taxes, yep. which makes the customer very unhappy. You know, they weren't aware that they were going to get these, and now they are. So they won't buy from UK companies, you know, and there's all kinds of discussions going on. They're trying to put uh, bandages and, and elastoplasts and Band-Aids all over this agreement to yeah. try to make it make sense. But it's, it's a terrible idea. It was a terrible idea from the beginning. Um But it was obvious what was going to happen. Obvious to me. The moment they decided to give the people of the UK a vote, a referendum on Brexit, I thought, this is a disaster. They'd spent 30 years blaming the EU for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. So people aren't, you know, they might be stupid, right? There's a lot of stupid people out there. Hmm. In every country, there's stupid people. Hmm. We've probably got more of them here in the UK. Don't say that. But if you give them a vote after blaming people, they've got memories. They might be stupid, but they've got memories, you know. And if you've blamed the EU for everything that is convenient to blame the EU for, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know, it gets you out of trouble, doesn't it? You know, it's, oh, it's not us. It's not our fault. It's the EU, you know. So the EU becomes this big kind of bogeyman. Yeah. And then, then you give them a vote, they remember, and then they vote they don't want to be there. Yeah. It's really complicated, isn't it? Really difficult to come to that conclusion. No, it's not. It's really simple. <laughs> and these silly people did it. And all of these people in this country now are trying to convince themselves that they were right and they were yeah. wrong. Yeah. Nothing we can do about it now. Nah. No, no, really. Where did you find this piece of art how did you get to this one right well once we decided on the title the title yeah. comes from the second song second song on the album is called destruction yep. and uh the beginning of the second verse the line goes they're making all the right noises and yep. we decided that we liked that phrase because we thought it was arrogant and cheeky <laughs> How can you call your album All the Right Noises? <laughs> It's like saying, you know, 
my album is so great, you know, and we like that. So <laughs> it's kind of tongue in cheek, you know, it's ironic. It's kind of, it's our humor. So we decided to do that. Once we'd come up with the title, um, we started casting around for inspiration and Luke Googled strange musical instruments and up came a whole bunch of pictures. But that sculpture, it's called the Singing Ringing Tree and it is actually a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. Where? All of, all of the pipes have got flutes cut in them and yes. it sits on a hill above a town called Burnley in the, uh, in the north of England. Um, and it's very remote. And when the wind blows, it makes a very strange sound. It's like pipes are being played. It's very alien sounding. And um, it was built, it's a sculpture, but it was built by some architects. And we contacted the architects when we saw the image and said, uh, we would really like to take a photograph of it for our album cover. Would you mind? They said, no, 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 absolutely. It's a public sculpture. If you want to take the picture, go for it. But they sent us all kinds of technical drawings, videos about how the thing was made. I mean, really helpful, really lovely, really lovely people. And um, we waited until I think it was July last year when Luke and Jason, our friend who takes all our photographs, they went to Burnley Mm. and they shot it for two days. And the photograph on the cover, not that one, because the one you've got there, that's the that's the sort of the tinted one. Yeah. But the but the the two CD version, the which, blue one, yeah, which looks yeah, like, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. This one, exactly that one. That's um, that's what it looked like at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. That three when the sun came up, that's what it looked like. There's no Photoshop there. That's what it looked like at three thirty in the morning. Right. Blue like that with the orange sky, very dramatic. And the moment we saw it, that's the cover. You know, we just knew. And it did it did play Fool on the Hill by the Beatles then, right? I don't know what it played. I wasn't there. <laughs> I was safely tucked up in bed. Only Luke and Jason were crazy enough to go. <laughs> I stayed at home and laid in bed, very comfortable and pleased with myself. Are you are you eager and motivated throughout your whole body to finally get out there again and play and sing and tour are or do you get lazy over the years and say like well you know it's kind of comfortable at home and i you know i, I go to bed and i get up and i don't have to travel and blah do you- i'm i think i'm very fortunate because as a human being as an individual i'm completely comfortable doing whatever i'm doing okay and- um, I don't know whether that's because I'm conceited or arrogant or just shallow. I don't know the answer. But one thing I do know is wherever I am at any given point, I'm usually having a good time. You know, that's, crazy. I, that's the way I am. You know, I can get joy out of anything, <laughs> anything at all. So the fact that we haven't been able to play is frustrating. Yeah. The fact that we will get to play one day is exciting. You know, we know it's going to come back. We just have to hope we're still alive when that time comes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. You know, it's been very frustrating. It's been very hard sitting on the album, like I said at the beginning. Um, and the, the songs are great to play and they're great to play live. Um, and we are very, um, very much looking forward 
to doing it again when we get the opportunity. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep busy. Yeah. I'm always I think, busy. Are you going to, are you going to tour with two new records then by the time, uh, you know, you guys go out again? That's, that's something I don't know the answer to, but it might be possible. You know, we could yeah. be looking at Use Your Illusion part 98. You know, I don't know the answer. You know, all I know is once he starts writing, he's gonna he's gonna put pressure on me to get us in a studio to to start recording. And the way we've recorded the last few albums is we go into the studio for maybe 10 days, record mm. the best of the material that he's written, and then we come back, shelve them all, don't do anything else. He goes to write to work to more songs. And then a few months later, we go back in and we do it again. And then we do that again, usually over three sessions. Um, so if it goes the way I think it's going to go, we'll be in the studio in May. We'll be in the studio again in maybe September. Mm-hmm. And we'll be in the studio again in January, February next year. So it's, yeah. Who knows? It's, it's funny because the first copy of the new record that I got was the double CD. And I thought that was the regular one. I was like, oh my God, they put out a lot of stuff, you know, they record a lot of stuff. I'm like, well, how did they do it? And then I just found out yeah, there's a single CD, you know, but you actually did put out a lot of stuff on this double record. Well, having made the record, we selected 11 songs, but mm-hmm. we had four songs left over. Mm-hmm. Four songs from the session that we felt didn't quite with the other 11. Yeah. Not because they're not good songs, just they didn't quite fit together. We're always looking to, to put together a piece of music which which start and feels like an album, you know, not yeah. just a collection of songs. Um, so having established the four that were left over, the record label said, great, bonus CD. So I said, a bonus CD with four tracks on it. That's not a bonus CD. That's kind of, that's not even bow. You know, it's not enough. So we then thought, well, we, what can we do? <laughs> There's very little we can do. So we selected eight of the songs from the album and we went back into the studio between lockdown one and lockdown two last summer. Mm-hmm. And we got in um, some of the girls who sang backing vocals on the album. We got mm-hmm. Sam who played keys on the album who also sings like a bird. And so the eight of us went into the studio, knocked the songs around until we felt like we had live arrangements, like we would play if we were playing a live show. Yeah. And um, and each time we felt like we'd cracked it, we recorded it and then moved on to the next song. No time, no overdubs, no, uh, no fix-ups, no nothing. We just play it until we feel like we got it, record it, move on to the next song. Real quick, old school. Yeah. Know? And um, and at the end, I think I think we did it for like four or five days. And at the end of the four or five days, we end up with the eight tunes and um, gave them to the label and said, there you go, here's your bonus CD. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, and, you know, but it was great fun. And that was what made it all the more frustrating because we knew how good they were to play live. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think I have no more further questions. Uh, uh, but you know, every time we we talk, and you guys have been to our station, I don't know how many times 
three, four, five times. Uh, it's amazing that it, it's always proof that uh, you get you get excitement out of anything, even my most boring questions, <laughs> which makes me happy. <laughs> Listen, my friend, I've I've answered many more, much more boring questions than you've got. <laughs> I've had a lot of practice at dealing with terrible questions. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll talk to anyone. If someone wants to talk about our album, I don't care who it is. I don't care how boring his questions are. I'll find a way to make it jolly. <laughs> You're easy on the vodka there. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got a terrible drinking problem. <laughs> Keep spilling it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I got to go now. <laughs> I'm so much looking forward to seeing you guys live back again here sometimes. I hope, you know, you're going to be alive. I'm going to be alive. And everything's going to be lovely. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure, Thomas. Always a pleasure to talk to you. You know, no, it's whenever, always... you need it, whenever you need us to come back in and ruin your station, we'll come. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> We're even looking forward to that. Happy, bring it on. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, we keep spinning your record now for a little while, and then we'll see what's going to happen. Go for it. Thanks very much for your support. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time and talking to us. You're welcome. Take it easy. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.